A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, a Mandalorian has saved a child from the insidious and evil Moff Gideon. He has been quested by the Forge Master to take this child back to its people where it truly belongs. The story has now continued with the Mandalorian trying to find more Mandalorians that will aid him on his quest to return the Foundling to its rightful kind. However, insidious forces are behind the scenes. For last we saw Moff Gideon, unbeknownst to the Mandalorian, he holds a sacred Mandalorian artifact, the Dark Saber. Who knows what lies ahead for the Mando? Who knows what fate shall befall the child? All these questions and more will be answered. Well, some of them will be answered right now. Fakeners watch for Fakener podcast, Mandalorian episodes one and two. I'm Ben Magnet. That's Brandon McClure. That's Sparks. That is an adorable kitty known as Blink. And holding the kitty is Ryan Eliopoulos. Welcome. Welcome you to the what? Star Wars talk. You know what? I forgot to introduce us for the fake. I realized that as he was doing it. I'm like, that didn't happen earlier. But <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell, we're we're wearing the same clothes. Uh, so we are we uh, didn't even hide the fact that we were recording this the same day we recorded our last book club episode. I want to know real quick. Who is I want to know if the audience of listening to Power Rangers Volume Eight is the exact same audience as also watching us doing the Mandalorian. I want to know if that's the same people. You really Let think Kate Titus isn't watching both? I don't know. I don't know what he's up to over there. I'm pretty sure Mag's gonna watch both. Uh, so this is, this is uh, episode chapter nine, chapter ten. Uh, the Marshal and the Passion and the Passenger. I am the passenger. So let's go. I guess uh, episode. After Ben did his intro, I gotta say I still wish these episodes started with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, me too. This feels a little on Star Wars. That's all. That's yeah. all. I'm just gonna bring it up again. Yeah, it is I, weird because the animated all the animated shows do too. Right, and uh, yeah. and uh, well, Rogue One does something different. Clo- no, yeah, it does. Yeah, um, no, Rogue, Rogue One still does a long Rogue time. One ago does, uh, Rogue One still does a long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. It just doesn't do a crawl. Oh. So does Solo. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, uh, it should be a you know consistency, but yeah. it's fine. I don't care if it doesn't do the crawl, but I always felt like the a long time ago and a galaxy far, far away should have been included in yeah. everything. That's like that's well, every when you know Star Wars book Star Wars. you read starts that way. Still, every comic, yeah, it's, comic it's, it. yeah, it's it's oh, sure. like even the like all the comic books in issue number one. It's like a black page, like three the first three pages of the comic are just long time ago, guys, far far away. Star like the title of the book, and then the story kicks in. Right, they get those page counts so high, make us charge four bucks a comic. <laughs> I'm gonna look at my Ahsoka novel, my canon Ahsoka novel. Oh, does see. Uh, I'm gonna see if it opens. It doesn't. Uh-huh. It doesn't. doesn't have it. Oh, mm-hmm. Star Wait. Wars is canceled. Sorry, oh. guys. I still oh. feel like like uh, the, there's a visual con- like I didn't mean like oh it happens in every kind of material, but like I do think there should be a visual consistency between the shows and the films that you have that whatever you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just look at my canon Lost Stars just to see if it starts off with. Well, it has it on the it has on the the flap. Does that count? Yep. Yes, I'll yeah. count that. Okay, so the Marshal. Mandalorian. Yeah, the Marshal. Uh, real quickly. That's great. Real quickly, I just want to say, music is still great. Cinematography is still great. This show looks incredible. Oh, yeah, yes. totally. Agreed. I would I would say that uh, this show got an upgrade at almost every level. Um, yeah. it, it was good before, but like uh, I felt these first two episodes, 
Um, I know we're going to talk about them in, in depth, but I thought these first two episodes were very strong. Uh, they were they were very tight. I already feel this is a a a more uh, complete, more focused season just from these first two episodes. I have I like them a whole lot. I like these episodes probably more than most of the episodes from the last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely say that these first two episodes have purpose because I think when we were talking about um, last season Mandalorian that there's like the prison break episode where that that felt more like a side quest in a way mm-hmm. whereas these ones because I feel like episode two is a little side questy but it's not as side questy but it still drives the plot forward it still brings something and also it ties in a, a big event or an episode that the four of us weren't weren't super um positive on the the, the breakout episode yeah, it returns as an X-wing pilot in this episode. In, yeah, in yeah. Fanny um, was super happy because the other X-wing pilot, I I can't remember, I can't remember his name, but he plays Mr. Kim from Kim's Convenience, a very popular Netflix show. So I was talking about, and mm-hmm. a lot. He also follows of, me on Twitter. And a lot. Apparently, in real life, he's a huge Star Wars fan. So for him to be an X-wing pilot and to have that much screen time is, I'm I was looking at the Asian American community on Twitter. They are. A lady, yeah. and it makes me happy too. Because seeing Fanny happy that one of her favorite actors is in Star Wars makes me happy as well. All right, yeah. Chapter nine, the marshal. Chapter nine, the, uh, the marshal. God, I miss Timmy Timmy Olsen as a marshal. God damn, I freaking loved him as Injustified, this and is, even basically he's space justified. It, this is a space justified episode. <laughs> he's space Raylan Givens. He's it's he straight is. up. Like, because even the bartender, he's like, you know, we don't get a lot of people around these parts. And I'm like, oh, so this is a Western episode, like an actual Western episode. Uh, Real quickly, yeah. I, I am taking I am taking uh, bids now for, for Cobb Vance's first appearance. Uh, oh. First appearance uh, issue. So, you know. Interesting. Cool, cool, uh, cool. Bidding starts at $10,000. <laughs> wow. That book wasn't mass produced, I guess. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mass market paperback right there, isn't it? Not the, the hardcover edition? you Shut up. <laughs> so uh, hard covers downstairs. Just until uh, a character from this shows up. Yeah. God, so uh, Mandalorian, he's like, I got to find more Mandos. Uh, so he gets a word that, yo, we got to go to this. Or he meets, is it Amy Sedaris that he goes to first? Yes. Or, or no. Is she in the first episode too? Cause yeah. I, I'm on a break. Yeah. 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 He goes, yeah. he goes to the, the crime guy. Oh, uh, John Leguizamo. In the, in the urban, uh, Oh yeah, the most the, urban Star Wars uh, area we've ever seen in the downtown, downtown LA. Wars, downtown LA. Yeah, yeah. I actually made a comment that that, that looks like East Side of LA. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. get to LA from the sixty or the ten. Hundred percent. And then they meet John. You don't know those are the main freeways to get to Los Angeles for those of you who watch outside of California. Which is most Ryan. What, what have you been trying to say for the past five minutes? Oh, John Leguizamo is the Cyclops man. Okay. Yes. Really. Uh, yeah. Ben, Ben, real quickly, you need to re- you need to be aware. If you talk over them, they are not heard. I know. So you know you got to make sure that we, we're all we we all want to make sure that we are heard. I just care about John Leguizamo so much. That's all. He's cool. I, could, I could not tell that was him. Yeah. Well, I, that's, I mean, that's what's so cool about that's what's so cool about uh, about Star Wars. The Star Wars cameo is like Simon Pegg is in Force Awakens. You can't tell that's him. There's. So many celebrity celebrities all throughout Star Wars, yeah. and in this show specifically, like every episode has like one person that shows up for for a couple of minutes. I'm like, hey, I could be in Star Wars. That's fun. Um, yeah, yeah. So they meet they meet John Leguizamo's Cyclops mm-hmm. dude, and and through through a, a pretty cool fight sequence, uh, they they uh, Din Jaren learns that there's Mandalorian. Oh, the Gamorrean guards. Yeah, they yeah. Have sick ass. 
uh, Fight Club. Uh, that there is potentially a Mandalorian on Tatooine. Yes. And we all go, really? Oh, we're going back to that Tatooine again. Uh, I think this might be my... I know there's a lot lot of... uh, People disenchanted with Star Wars due to the Rise of Skywalker, um, which I was one of them until... Uh, I get I get the idea, like, oh, we're going back to Tatooine again. This might be my favorite time we've ever been in Tatooine. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel fan servicey. Like it's not we're not going there to see all the things we saw a hundred times before. Yeah. Like there's a reason we're going there. Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking about it as I was watching it. I was thinking about how people would feel that way, like when the uh, sand crawler shows up and they'll be like, Oh, this is fan service. I'm like, there's a difference between fan service and just using the tools of the things that existed before yeah. to mm-hmm. flesh out the world. Well, and this yeah. is very much in the vein of we are just using things that exist to further flesh out the world. Yeah. And yeah. and it's it's we'll talk about like like the plot reasons, but like there's certain armor like, that what? is on Tatooine and it it, it Ties directly to uh, the, the the sheriff guy. Ties directly to the Mandalorian. It ties to the sand crawler. So like again, like it doesn't feel fan service. It feels like no, that's just a plot, baby. That's right, just yeah. a story. Yeah, yeah. Before we get to that, how metal was it when uh, um, the Mandalorian ties up Cyclops John Leguizano and says, I, "You won't die by my hand." Shoots the light and walks away, and all the night creatures just kill him. Man, so again, th- dope. Um, this season has such a bigger budget already. Um, like, they're, like they're using that volume space or whatever, but there are so many more actual sets used. Like, I was almost, I was kind of convinced after they put so and much, lots of prosthetic, costumes. yeah, and lots of prosthetics. I was almost convinced that they were going to solely use that volume thing because just how much effort and how much they talked about it. But the amount of beautiful sets and practical shit in this show, it's mind boggling. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much real set work and so much practical designs. I'm like, man, this is the Star Wars that like, this is my Star Wars. That's the a weird volume. Thing to the volume is meant to to re, uh, kind of replace screen screen. It can't yet, but it is yeah. uh, the, the the next step to replace green screen. So in order to enhance sets to make them larger, to make them larger, the space sequences are all shot in the volume, like things like that. Yeah. That is that's what the volume is for. So I was happy they still, even though they created it, I'm glad it wasn't used as a crutch to like, okay, yeah. well, let's let's instead of going on location, let's just always shoot in the volume. I'm glad it wasn't it was once again used to enhance a space rather that's, than to enclose the space. That's exactly what I was afraid of. And, and, and I was happily wrong. Cause man, that was like, that was a big ass set. And there's all those red eyes popping up out of nowhere. And like, those, those look like real, real little eyes coming online. Oh. Like it was awesome. Those things looked rad. It just, I just always love it when you see like the eyes and the shadows, but you don't see the actual creature itself. Yeah. I always love like, a, like job yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we go to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. We meet our friend who mm-hmm. loves Baby Yoda. Yep, uh, the child, uh, and he's and Din, Din is like, yeah, let the droids give it a once over. And like, oh, you like droids now? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, which is like, yeah, he's changing his mind about some things. Yeah, um, I love, I love the pit droids. I love the way they're used. I really love his relationship with her. Yeah, I think it's really good. Um, I, their banter works well. Their knowledge of each other works well. I feel like she can, I believe that she can read him without seeing his face, yeah. which helps sells it. Um, she, I think it's, 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 it's mentioned in the second episode, but she says she's a good judge of character. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely believe that she, yeah. she, she has another line. It's in the second episode, but just to reference the point I'm making where she says to him, like, quit your moping. And she's just looking at him and you know what you can't, she can only read his body language, yeah. but it works. And honestly, this season, it sells me more that he works as a character without uh, showing his face. Yeah, uh, there's, there's than I've also, ever been before. There's also a mention. There's also something that I 
I probably should mention this in the second episode, but I'll, I'll mention it here so I don't forget. Um, rather than the first season, which definitely felt like, okay, we're, we're ended, we ended the story, next story, next story, next story. There is definitely more of a, of a through line of each of the, of these two episodes of like a to B to C to D. Yeah. And that's yeah. how we yeah. kind of go there. And I, I prefer that approach to the series. Yeah. Cause it feels like chapters in a book. Yeah. It's or for me, yeah, like it still kind of feels like a veto game. Like, all right, so this is this is our objective, and we have to get there. But it's it's still in service of the overall story. Yeah, uh, she's great. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, Weequay, who is a who is a Star Wars character that I know from like video games and stuff. He shows up and he's a bartender, and that's just like he's like he's got like the weird face and like and like the uh, the what's it called like the the dreadlocks. And I'm like, Weequay, what a weird what a weird character to put in this show. But I'm like. Thank you, Dave Filoni. I know you you did this one. Um, yeah. Just a weird, weird character to show up. And I'm like, that's cool. I love this it. This episode was directed by John Favreau. Um, yeah. Uh, benefiting a lot from his experience doing Cowboys versus Aliens, no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. The best Western he's ever directed. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> man, you know what? You're not wrong. Uh, my favorite thing about Cowboys versus Aliens, honestly, is John Favreau's commitment to wanting to make the film look like old Western films. He very specifically focused on that idea. And I think that aspect is executed well in that film. And it definitely carries over into this show. Oh, yeah. Man, and again, like, like the, the last season looked good. But, like, this... this I think it really did get like like a cinematography upgrade almost because like the stuff specifically with the crate dragon, it's it's impressive. It's like movie level impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, and like the action scenes are so big, and I'm like, there's so many people on screen. This feels like an actual movie more than the first season ever did. The the actually, this is a really good point. The screen feels populated with characters with with extras in a way that the first season didn't. Yeah, um, and I think that's really cool. Uh, like he he doesn't go out to the sand and then and then there's just a dude there. He goes out to another city where there's a bunch of there's a thriving community there. Um, I wanted to mention the crate dragon. The crate dragon. This is the first time we have seen a live crate dragon in live action. Yep. Um, first appearance was was the '77 film, uh, just a skeleton. Uh, yeah, that, and that's what Obi Wan. That's Obi Wan's noise. I thought that was. I thought that's super cool that we finally get to see one of these things. Yeah, um, I, I was talking to him about it in uh, in Knights of the Republic. You do a extremely similar uh, mission where you have to get a crate dragon pearl and you go and you lure it with explosives. So I wonder if that's uh, just a fun little callback or just a straight coincidence. But um, I'm sure it's Kotor, a callback. In Kotor, you absolutely do that, and um, these the are Star Wars dorks. No, like, yeah, and that's it. and that makes me so happy because like I'm like, man, I did that 20 years ago. It's like it's just so cool. Um, and the Crate Dragon didn't do any diving like Dune stuff, but um, that's a fun inclusion, and that's a like a truly menacing creature that like brings two different communities together. Um, I thought like this was a way better version of of that one from the last season where like the 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 ATAT was coming in or whatever. I felt it was like that that one, but uh. For sure, much like better. a bigger threat. Oh, we got to get the town all on one page. To yeah, work together. like do like a montage. Like this was better. Um, real, real quickly, because yeah. um, you know, if people watch the show, we'll they'll get a we'll get comments. But if not, who cares? Uh, the we should mention that the pearl is made out of kyber crystals. Oh, um, that is that is a can canonical thing from Kotor that they brought it brought back into canon. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, kyber crystals powers the lightsabers, as we know. Um, I just thought and other things. Yeah, and the Death Star. Um, yeah, I just thought that was that was really cool. The the, the crate dragon looks uh, incredible. For like <laughs> for a TV but TV budget, I'm like, yo, that's 
a really good looking dragon. Uh, <laughs> like, is, man, this is the most excited I've been to like very soon rewatch Mandalorian. Yeah, I think is is with that episode. I was like, you know, I will watch that again real soon. That was a great episode. Mm -hmm. um, that would that just really felt not just like Star Wars, but also just like a really good story. Yeah. Um, it, it is adapting like the basic idea of Western town also natives mm -hmm. invading uh you know a force which is uh you know uh, bandits or whatever it would be but now it's interpreted as the crate dragon that bands them together and they make a partial truce on it i thought that was done really well yeah um all the stuff with the tuscan raiders it was all really, really cool Ruskins. like it's it's again like you you get the original mm -hmm. movie and the tuscan raiders are supposed to be like oh they're they're sand people they're savages but then you get further along and like no they're people too and that's what's really cool. I'm like, you see, you see Din like doing sign language with them, and I'm like, that's really, that's really cool. This is stuff we did see in the first season, and they brought it back. Yeah, uh, there a is a, there is a, a real, real quickly, Ben. I just want to say real quickly, um, there is a theory that uh, the Gungans are the, uh, are the are the true inhabitants of Naboo. Mm -hmm. All the architecture that we see, all the ancient architecture that we see on Naboo is Gungan architecture. Um, so it definitely feels like. You know, there's a story there where the humans came down. I think very similarly, they're trying to kind of progress the idea that perhaps the Tuscan Raiders were the original inhabitants of Tatooine and then humans came in and, 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 and forced them out into the Dune Sea and yeah. they learned to survive. Yes, I agree. I think that is there. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I think the Tuscan Raiders have for a long time, not from original, like the very first film necessarily, but for a long time post the original trilogy of Star Wars, been interpreted as. Uh, Native American uh, analogy. Yeah. We know we've talked about it before on a different thing. Uh, the episode one novelization talks about Anakin uh, being saved by Tusken Raiders, which is why yeah. they help him the pod race. Mm. Um, and there being like a relationship there that was further exploring those very ideas uh, of tribalization being pushed out by um, colonialism, uh, yeah. which I think is very much something they're leaning into with Tusken Raiders. Speaking um, of pod racing, Yo, no, one of the things I loved about this episode was how they expand on the Tuscan Raiders. Because for years, I mean, I know we did talk about how um, the episode one novelization where Anakin befriends the Raiders and they help him win the pod race and yada, yada, yada. But as a kid growing up with Star Wars, I just saw the Tuscan Raiders as, oh, those are just dudes in the in the desert. We don't mess with them. You don't mess with them, they don't mess with you. They're fine. Because, you know, they beat Luke over the head. They do the err, err, err. But in this episode, or even in season one, I was like, oh, maybe Tuscan Raiders are pretty cool. In this episode specifically, I'm like, now I'll never see Tuscan Raiders the same ever again. Because one of my favorite scenes was when uh, we get um, the Marshal, Din, and the, and the rest of the Raiders. They're signing, and he's like, I'm telling him the same thing I'm going to tell you. Fighting amongst ourselves isn't going to help. They know that you stole their water. They know that you've killed their people. And it's like, well, they killed us. Not the point. Yeah. All of us are going to die if we don't take care of this together. Yeah. Uh, there, there's long been an interpretation that, that you, your audience perception is designed to be that Tusken Raiders are savages. And it's not meant to flip really uh, visually in the films or television until you watch episode two when Anakin slaughters them. Yeah. Um, which is complex because I don't think that's executed quite well because, you know, they also bar barbarically tortured and 
eventually and had murdered slaves. shimmy yeah, yeah. uh and all that and so it's like you know where does that come from and all that but um they make a strong point that like they just do what they need to like they retaliate but it's not something where they're willing to be the people who start it necessarily yeah, yeah. uh there i hope there is more exploration of that um that that's something I'm totally up for. I'm sure. I'm sure Tuscan Raider stuff is going to come back around for Kenobi as well. Oh yeah, for sure, oh, definitely. Him hanging out and tattooing so much. Oh yeah, which is it, it going to be interesting because realistically, knowing where Kenobi uh, is by the time we get to A New Hope, he's definitely got colonizer mentality about them. Mm. He has a mentality that they are savage beasts. Yeah. So he's not going to come around on that, but it'll be interesting to see if that that gets challenged in that environment. He's least. a new Republican. <laughs> Tuscan so, Raiders are pretty cool. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, crate dragons. So crate dragons make their nests in um, what are they called? Jesus. Abandoned Sarlacc pits. Abandoned Sarlacc pits. And Din makes the case there are no abandoned Sarlacc pits. Like, it's no, that's not how it's the marshal says that, and uh, he says that they are there are ones if they eat them. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think. I don't know for sure because we didn't see where the Sarlacc pit, where the mouth of the Sarlacc was. Um, yeah. I do wonder if that's meant to be the same Sarlacc pit that we saw eat Boba Fett. I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think they need to be tied together. Right. Um, I don't think so either. But I wonder if you could make the just the if you could yeah. connect A to B. I'm sure you could. If I were to take a wild uh, guess yeah. off uh, the the map. Uh, layout that we get about where Mos Pelago is. In it's, not near to Jabba's, Jabba's it's, it's not near Jabba's well-known palace. Yeah. Uh, and I can imagine that there would be a closer Sarlacc pit that would be traveled to. We do know that Jabba's palace is not that far out from Mos Eisley and Mos Pelago is quite a distance further away. Mm. So that would be my guess. Um, that just, it just makes me think that like, so the Sarlacc is like, its mouth is like up here, right? And it has all of its organs and then it has like a butt that comes out of a cave. And so the crate dragon was just eating the butt and just eating it <laughs> as it slowly just fell down the hole. And I'm like, what a life to die. Oh my God. In, in galaxy, in galaxy's edge, you see a, what is this? You know, a, a star like pit, how that, yeah. what the star like would look like inside the pit. It's very interesting. It is. Uh, I don't understand like how the crate dragon would make a, make a home. Like I don't get it, but it's cool. It's a cool concept. Yeah. Uh, the crate dragons is, is is a wonderful inclusion, but I, I I I know there's a lot of allegories to Dune in this, which was which was fun. But uh, I I thought it was my favorite inclusion was seeing the crate oh, yeah. dragon. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, I mentioned Pod Racing is back in back in season. Yes, uh, Timothy Oliphant's uh, Marshall uh, is riding a Pod Racer engine as his speeder bike. It's really dope. familiar. Mm -hmm. Is it? I, I wasn't 100% convinced. I thought that at first too, and then I looked at it longer, and I'm like, I'm not 100% convinced that that is Anakin's, but it's definitely of a similar design. It's, mi it's sure. missing. It's missing the two on the sides, right? The two and it has like, and it has the red paneling added now. Yeah. So I'm going to say that it is Anakin's pod racer, or it's one of his engines. It's just 30 years down the line, and that thing has some work done. That's reasonable to say. I'm also going to say, like, it, it could be, it doesn't really matter. I almost prefer it isn't because that's just kind of silly. Yeah. Um, but it's a pod racer engine. And honestly, that's enough for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? Pod racer engines and the little droids, like, plenty of representation. Much like the Sarlacc pit thing, and it doesn't matter because it's not important to the story. Uh, right. It's just a fun little, like, we could make the connection if we wanted to, but it's not meant, to, it's not there explicitly to 
call attention the to import, it. The important part of it is just the nice part of seeing something from the prequels that is carried over into the frontier life of the post-original trilogy. Yes. However, yeah. the dro- the astromech that works in that bar is in fact the same astromech that, that the Lars Homestead passed on to get R2-D2. I had a feeling. R5, R5 right? Yeah. yeah. I, I had a feeling. I was like, I know I recognize that little guy. Must have gotten that yeah. bad motivator fixed. But I will, I will say, I will say the CBR had a field day with the clickbait articles when the pod racer with the. Oh, I can only imagine. Dear God. I am so glad I missed all of this. Uh, I have to say, I guess it's like partially my own, like, oh, I was focusing on school, so I wasn't catching it. But yeah. like, I got spoiled on nothing. And I and Ryan and I didn't watch the first episode of Mandalorian until yesterday. Yeah. Uh, oh, so wow. we waited two weeks before we watched it. I was, um, I was, so we watched the two episodes. I guess uh, close. Uh, I just, I got good Twitter friends who know not to spoil shit. Cause I knew, uh, the only thing I knew is I, I knew that Oliphant was wearing Mandalorian armor. I didn't even know for sure it was Boa Fett's cause I didn't look that closely at it. Um, so that was really nice. That's all I knew going into the episode. So I, the reason why I watched it so soon, I watched it Thursday night it dropped, uh, was because I was spoiled uh, the major spoiler of the episode, Boba Fett at the end. Mm-hmm. Sure. I did. Uh, That's crazy. That was, I was on Twitter. That screenshot was there. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah. All right. Guess I got to watch this now. And you know, I got to say, um, so yeah, like uh, uh, the team beats the Kray Dragon. Uh, they get a whole bunch of meat. The, and a the, really cool, it's a really cool sequence. It's yeah. really impressive. Like really, like yeah, in terms yeah. of special effects and practical and like, it's, like, it's really good filmmaking. Um, and I, as a I plan, loved it. Just a good idea. Yeah. And it, uh, shoots, it shoots, it's like spits out acid. And incinerate people on the spot. Yeah, man, it's great. Uh, I really do, before we get to the end, I do want to talk about, uh, I thought a, the coming together of the communities was done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the martial slowly like getting on board with the with the Tuscans uh to the point where like they they don't draw too much attention to it but that he does drink the thing they hand him later yeah. on the thing he refused yeah. uh and I thought that was really nice that like you know it shows like oh he can uh, I think in a lot of ways that's what earns him Mando's respect mm-hmm. um and yeah go ahead Ben uh, one of the other things especially in the very beginning because when we see it's the very beginning of the episode when we first see the marshal in Boba Fett armor I'm thinking that can't be Boba Fett because I'm still on under too the that he's dead and they just he's also too thin. What's up? He's also too thin. Yeah, he's also way too thin. But well, of course, I was thinking that okay, is there gonna be a shootout right here? Because I don't want Timothy Olfin to die automatically. But then as the episode goes on and as they work together, he's like, "You help me kill this thing, I will give the armor for your charge." Sorry, Ben. I have a quick question. You said you were operating still under the assumption that Boba Fett was dead. I. Th- Still, because after Disney took over, they haven't, yeah. as far as I know, they haven't officially said Boba Fett was still alive. Ben, we said on the podcast that we knew he was showing up in this season as Boba Fett. We talked about it. I must have come. I must have forgot. It's honestly, it, honestly, as much as Disney didn't want to confirm it, it was the worst kept secret. Mm. Yeah. Um, also, like it's 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 just like it's a Chekhov gun situation. In one of those new Star Wars books, they mention Boba Fett's armor being regurgitated out. Right. It might, is it an aftermath? There you go. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. The 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 Cobb Van stuff, like all that. That's that's from there. That's cool. Look at that synergy, baby. Um. So it's always kind of just been like a secret, not like a like a secret, but like he'll show. He's gonna show up. Just who knows when. Disney uh, made a statement a couple uh, a couple years ago saying like, until there's a story that brings him back to life, he's neither dead or alive. Yeah. 
And I and I and I gotta say, like, I I like Boba Fett has like a huge fandom. Like he's cool. He's a he, he's a cool bounty hunter guy, Rick. Right. Um, there's plenty of those guys that I think are cooler who actually talk. Um, but if this is the way we're getting him back, like you know, Mando's involved and like Boba Fett's been like some weird like wilderness guy hermit. or whatever hermit. I'm into that because one, you get Tamara Morrison back. That dude's awesome. Um, and to see like, whoa, what what are you doing with my armor, bro? Like I, that's this seems like a good way to get him back and not in a shoehorn shoehorn kind of way. Yeah, um, I wonder. Back. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to uh, retcon Boba and Django to being Mandalorians. I doubt it because he doesn't look like he's doing Mando stuff. He looks like he's just no. I, I know, but like yeah. that armor is that armor is Django Fett's that was repainted to be Boba Fett's, um, mm -hmm. and it, and it was pretty explicit. Uh, George Lucas wanted to clear that Django Fett is not a Mandalorian, which means Boba Fett not a Mandalorian. Um, it was just they had the, they had the armor. I wonder if now with the Foundling uh, stuff being what it is, what we what the kind of like changes to the continuity, will they kind of be like? Okay, yes, uh, Boba Fett and Jango Fett are Mandalorians. Um, they were foundlings. I can answer this question right now because in season one, we learned that uh, Mandalorian is not a race. It's a creed. And Jango and Boba obviously don't live by it. Specifically, Boba, 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's your answer. No, they're not Mandalorians. <laughs> it's going to make, it makes me think that like, he's going to be searching for this Mandalorian. And when he finds him, he's going to, he's going to be like super disappointed. Cause like, oh, I thought you were a Mandalorian. He's like, I never was a Mandalorian. I hate you guys. Like, mm -hmm. that's that would be interesting, right? I'm like, oh, I I've been doing the searching to find you, and you don't like me. Then like, I wonder, will they? So I, I wonder if maybe they weren't foundlings, but well, maybe they were foundlings and then abandoned the creative Mandalorian of uh, the Mandalore, or uh, are they meant to be the species of the man of the Mandalorians? Like they were they were born on the like planet Mandalore. Well, we we know because we've talked about it before when we were discussing season one that there is still stuff to be uncovered about like why there's two different ideologies of the culture and how that works um, because the Clone Wars era Mandalorians don't have the same ideas about wearing the helmet and all that. We've talked about the idea of working mm -hmm. class versus elite class and things like yeah. that. Um, so there's obviously going to be some amount of that explored. I suspect that Jango Fett was born on Mandalore. And I suspect that at one point he was going to be part of the culture and turned his back from it, which is something that we have long talked about Din potentially doing as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I, I suspect that's the answer. As far as Boba, though, Boba was never even like close to it because Boba's just a cloned copy yeah, he's a kid. of Django who was raised as a son. So he never even he has no association, as we know of, really to Mandalorian culture. Other than um, to Honestly, at the end of it, I was really excited. Uh, yeah, I was too. Just mostly for for Tamara showing up again because, like, yeah. what that's so cool? What a cool career thing to have played the clone and the clones in Jango Fett, and because of that, now that you're older, you get to play Boba Fett uh, yeah. coming back around. <laughs> I said it to him like it's 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 my favorite thing. It's <clears throat> it's something only time can allow. Like the, the the son gets to become the father, or like that's just like that's so cool to me. Um, yeah, like I the father gets to become the son. Or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I get um, you. Uh, the cycle repeats, and it's like the same actor. That's cool. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before we leave this episode, Timothy Oliphant was fantastic. Oh yeah, really was. loved his presence. I loved his energy. I want him back already. Uh, he's so good on this show. Um, I I'm positive we'll see him again at some point. He's great. Uh, I thought his story about what he uh, how he defended the town was awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, I thought he was just a well-executed character. I thought his relationship with Mando worked really well. Um, and I'm going to bring it up here because it's going to cross over both episodes. But um, I think this is kind of going to spill us into the next episode too. Uh, I think that the all the things we talked about so much with season one with Mandalorian not working with a char- main character who uh, you can't see his face. I I think that that's just that's just not even accurate anymore in this season. Um, I I think the show works just fine. We have a second episode where predominantly I can't understand one character and then he's wearing a helmet and I'm still completely invested. Hundred yeah. percent. So it's that that goes out the window at this point. Yeah. I think this season is so far the first two episodes. I think it's better at doing it than the last season was. Yeah, I think they fit. It's it's very much a season one, like most season ones for shows. Like like they're figuring out their steps, and if they're lucky enough to get a season two, like they fix it. And I really feel like they fix the stuff that like the detached part mm-hmm. of like connecting with this character. Um, because like we all love Baby Yoda. I think they they've given him. I think he's written better too. I think I just care more about him this season. I think part of it is also when we start season one and and going through the bulk of season one, he's a hard ass bounty hunter and that's who he is. That's his character. And it's very easy to just, you know, okay, that's what that is. That's that stereotype. That's what we're doing. It's very Boba Fett-esque. And then uh, by the time you're at the end of season one, it's not just because he takes the helmet off that helps, but it's that he, he has a character you're connected to the things he cares about. You know, he experiences pain and loss and all Mm -hmm. of these things you go into season two and he's making emotional connections to characters. He has a recognition with chorus. Uh, He has a, he has clear care for the child. Like, you know, all of these things are self-evident without needing to see his face. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next episode is called the passenger is directed by Peyton Reed. Uh, Peyton. Oh, because there's a giant ant in it. Yeah. Wow. I know from Anthony, Anthony, he lives. Doctor Mandible. Doctor Mandible. Doctor Mandible. Are you kidding me? I love it. Uh, <laughs> I love. I love both these episodes, you guys. I thought like I, I have very little complaints. Like I think again, like the practical work is so fun. Just having a giant ant is just so stupid, but just like it's so great. Because it looks, it doesn't like even look super great, but it's just a big ant. And I'm like, hell yeah, he just exists in Star Wars, um, um, and they just allow it. I love it. There is there is a callback to Rebels, uh, which is actually also a callback to Ralph McQuarrie. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie had designed a instead of the the snow monster from uh, Hoth, it was going to be a giant spider, a giant white spider with a with a large thing and and the mouth on the on the on, on the bottom of its. Um, that was originally going to be a monster on Hoth. That that idea was abandoned. Dave Filoni, who loves to go back to to um, to old Star Wars designs, brought that spider into rebels and now we see it again a different type of spider but still the same kind of species uh in in mandalorian is this also the same i can't remember well enough but isn't this also the same species ish of spider that we fight in fallen order no 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 oh no those i don't remember because i don't remember what they look like funny funny but funny enough, when because I, I saw this, I'm like, oh, these are uglier than the spiders that you have to, to kill the Kashyyyk. Because the, the Kashyyyk spiders, they're like more, they're just giant spiders. They look at the actual spiders. spiders, like traditional spiders, whereas these do look more alien. Yeah. Okay. Solid. Yeah. Um, I forgot what they're called, but uh, I looked it up before this because I was going to be like, they're the blah, 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 spiders, but I forgot what they're called. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. I'm going to look it up. Just the. Uh, hmm? Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was cool. I, yeah. as a huge yeah. fan of Rebels, as a huge fan yeah. of Rebels, that's that's so that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I I really like the this little 
horror genre uh if this episode, was, came out just one week earlier man oh yeah. been perfect oh, it came out one week earlier. <laughs> the child needs to stop eating everything bro i never well, like i think i saw a great tweet from emma five where it's like the whole episode she's like baby no i've never felt more like a parent in my life i'm just like you uh, gotta stop yeah the the when he goes and eats the first spider i was sitting there like he's gonna get sick oh, he's man. gonna get poisoned or something <laughs> no my thought was when he eats the first spider and you see all the eggs i'm like oh god are we getting the star wars version of the xenomorph yeah look like the eggs with the what? face huggers yeah. I really like the. I really like when they're when they're in the pool and they're opening the. They're putting the, and he reaches baby baby Yoda reaches for the for the eggs and then just no, no no. I, no, I love no. I love the finger wag. Good thing was, that, that that frog mama never counted her babies because <laughs> baby Yoda oh, ate at four at least. Like she looks so cool. Yeah, I and love, then ate one at the end of the episode. Just yeah, he snuck uh, it in his robe. That little that little goober. Yeah, I love her design. A little like pulsating. Uh, uh, yeah, and I love when she uh, really gets moving. She's leaping. Oh, that's hopping. so great! Yeah. Um, again, thing, like the special effects were were incredible in this episode. Those spiders were horrifying. Yeah, they, I hated those spiders. But the one thing I loved about the about the frog lady was because when you know how in a very episode of Mandalorian, even in season the first episode in this one, it gives you a little recap. Like we get that recap of that droid, in, and I'm thinking, how's that droid gonna fit in? Because he he's up in a, and then she uses the voc the vocabulizer, because the whole time they're trying to talk, and he's like, "Lady deals off." She's like, "No, it ain't. I'm not letting you go." Her. So her yeah. talking using the vocabulary, the the microphone to co communicate with Mando, I thought was like, "Man, that's actually pretty ingenious. That's really cool." And they got Richard Ayoade, who is an awesome comedian, to to revoice that character from last season for just a couple lines. Yeah. And I'm like, that's great. That's so nice of him just to what, come in. Why like, would you ever say no to yeah, Star Wars? <laughs> I love it. It's, just, it's cool that they're like, yo, can we get the celebrity in for just like 20 seconds? And like, yeah, we can do that. Like, that's fun. Um, I, I do want to jump back. I thought the opening was a good sequence, uh, which is when he gets tripped up on the speeder bike and uh, they try to... Is this uh, the jetpack part? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so good. And then the little it? guy has the knife to the child, so he gives him the jetpack, and then he just <laughs> screws him up. That's so good. And then, like, yeah, he basically kills that guy, and the guy drops, and the, the baby just looks at him and goes like, yeah, okay. It yeah. looks like the, the guy who has the knife to the child looks like that what uh, Guido, or not Guido, uh, what was his name? It sounds like Guido, but it's not Guido. It's from Force Awakens, the guy who has BB-8 and Standard in the net. Oh, I don't remember his name. I yeah, know it, I, I know. I don't. I know who you're talking about, but I don't. I don't know the name. I'm he's pretty like, sure he's like a small robot man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not the same guy. It's the same alien design, though, and I like that they're pulling from. Like we said earlier, they're pulling from different eras of Star Wars. Yeah, you're right. I agree. Uh, we we should bring up because everybody is how adorable it it was that the child ran to Din with his arms extended, like save uh, me. Like uh, Din's taking a nap. And then the baby comes up and it's like he like snuggles up next to him, and I'm just like, oh god. Uh, the, the, the child is still adorable as hell. Yeah, yeah. even though uh, it needs you know, to stop eating everything it sees. Yeah, I I was wondering, like, man, like, I wonder if like the baby will ever get like too much, and I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think they, I think he's used just enough and cute enough where it's not ever annoying for me because like yeah. I'm again like I say all the time like I'm not a big fan of babies or kids. But this little green guy, oh man, I want to eat him up. <laughs> the puppetry, I mean, I could. The puppetry is still amazing, even though there was like one scene, like when the, uh, it was during when the spiders were coming in, 
the um, I think uh, Din puts the child down, and the child just it looks like it's sliding across the floor. Yeah. Like <laughs> it looks yeah, like a bad toy or something. Even then, it's like you know that's that's still funny. I know, yeah. but that's it's Star practical. Wars. Yeah. That's, that's Star Wars, but at the same time, it's like it's practical. That's yeah, a that's real funny. thing. That's that makes like me so that. happy. It's not just all CGI. Shove it in there. We'll work it out in the editing room. It's like here's a real freaking prop. I just love that. Like, like the baby has to look around a corner, and you know it's just like a dude just like doing this. <laughs> and I'm like, I love it. This is like a billion dollar property, and they're just using a puppet. Like, I just, I really, really appreciate it. No, you know um, where they got the, all the extra money from for this, for this, for these first two episodes. So it's, they got right. all the money from the the product play, for the not product placement, all the the merch that sold the second the child was released. Or oh yeah, I can't even imagine. The, probably even more than Groot, I'd imagine. Probably all of Star Wars paid for by one baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian paid for by the child. Uh, we we get a we get a um we get a uh, a pull traffic over, stop a, a, a routine traffic stop by some oh. X wing pilots. Like, yo, you should give me your license registration. Oh, my license is expired. Oh, can you do this? Oh, I can't find it. It's crazy. Hey, can you switch to channel two? Silence. Tree? <laughs> yo, those S files open. I'm like, that's bad. I know what that means. <laughs> I do. Like, is there a problem? That whole moment. That whole moment. Talk about like, like fixing the problem of of knowing what the Mandalorian is thinking when when we can't see his face. Of just him sitting there. Just pause. <laughs> pause. Pause. And then the uh, other thing. What's the problem, officer? <laughs> there yeah, it is. Uh, uh, yeah, and Dave Filoni, like you said, like showing up for for a bit. Like, man, it's just just fun. Like, uh, this season just really, it just feels tight on what it wants to be. Like, yo, we, we we're getting to a destination, but every episode has to have like a fun way to stop us from getting there. Um, and it has to all make sense. It all has to connect. And so far, I like it. All makes sense to me. Um, I'm just, I'm really. I'm really loving it, you guys. I'm yeah. still happy. I mean, I, I saw Dave Filoni. I'm like, oh, wait, is that Dave Filoni? But the second we saw Mr. Kim, uh, <laughs> I like that. That that's awesome. I was just, um, I was actually really glad he got more screen time than Dave Filoni did. The end, I'm glad the, episode, the end of the episode, the X-wing pilots save our our heroes. Uh, from yeah. the giant spiders. That's such a cool sequence running through the halls with all the spiders running around and yeah. shit. Yeah, super That's well done. That's so cool. That's so it, cool. It's like it's uh, it, it sounds weird, but like 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 TV filmmaking to like you know movie filmmaking. Like this felt like like big money moves filmmaking. Uh, like this is not something you would see on an ABC, uh, of course, because it's Disney Plus and they got billions of dollars. But like, just like, but even HBO, even even HBO, like like yeah, like compared to like a Game of Thrones, like this is like Game of Thrones level like quality. Um. And I'm just like, I would argue higher. Yeah, I would definitely that dune, that dune, the uh, the the sandworm crate. It's dragon. not just like a, a, the visual quality. I mean, like the the way that they do the cinematography, the way yeah. they compose the shots. I'm like, this is composed with movie making in mind, yeah. not with television show making, and like even prestige television. Yeah, I am really hoping uh, that the Marvel shows deliver the same way that the Mandalorian has. Uh, oh. I have no reason to think otherwise. Um, yeah. but I'm I am really hoping that's the case. Because one of the things that Disney Plus has failed in the last year, and, and partially because of the pandemic, a lot of the Disney Plus content that was supposed to be out has been shifted to Hulu or been canceled outright and never came out. So Disney Plus has a ma the majority of their original content are docuseries. That's mm. fine. Those are easy to make. And so you got a bunch of docuseries, whatever. Um, and Disney Plus still sells itself on being one of the cheapest streaming services and having a, the, a true backlog of content. Yeah. yeah. But the thing, the thing that I was talking to to Zara about was that, like, I think as far as like 
debuts go, HBO Max is actually probably the better uh, streaming service right now in regards to Peacock, HBO Max, and Disney+. Plus. Peacock, I don't care. But uh, HBO Max has a lot of original scripted content that is really good. And they they launched with a lot of original scripted content. They didn't shove it off into another state. Disney Plus at the beginning had a huge identity crisis, not knowing what it wants to do, which is why shows like Love, Victor got pushed to, to Hulu and shows like Lizzie McGuire got canceled outright. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really hope that with the advent of Mandalorian season two and the advent of the Marvel TV shows coming, that that Disney Plus uh, uh, identity can start to be solidified as like this is the place that you go for premier uh, scripted Disney uh, products and that 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 we can start seeing what they promised us when Disney Plus launched. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, um, yeah, pandemic definitely screwed some shit up. But, definitely, uh, definitely. With yeah, with Mando season two, I think I think pretty much being universally loved right now uh, until we get a bad episode. Like these t- people are riding really high on this, on the show right now. Um, mm-hmm. People are really excited for WandaVision, uh, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Like it's, it's, it's coming eventually. Oh, she do a poopy. She's got a stinky butt. Oh, but <laughs> cat's got a stinky butt. <laughs> Just in guys. Um, yeah. I think, uh, man, once one of WandaVision's out and, and hopefully that show's good. They're like, Oh yeah, let's just do this. Why aren't we doing this all the time? Yeah. It seems like a no brainer, right? Uh, speaking of, I really hope Love Victor gets the second season. The show's good. Anyway, good, good, good. Um, um, so yeah, X-wing pilots. They save, they save, they save Mr. Din and the baby, and mm-hmm. the baby still wants some eggs. Um, the passenger. She and gets the home. mom knows. The mom knows now. So the mom's like, yeah. no, dude, that's like four babies. So, and we don't know how many eggs that that baby ate when when they okay. crashed. Okay, yeah. so. If I had one criticism from these first two episodes, it would be in episode two that the fact that um, the mom knows that baby, the child has been eating the eggs. I felt like that should have been, that could have been a bigger plot point or that could have been brought up instead of her just like covering like, don't you dare. Yeah. I don't think the mom's pro-life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like you think about like they're, they're unfertilized. They're still it's unfertilized. True. True. So it, it's not, you know, it's like us eating chicken eggs. So it's not, okay. I know it's like the end of her line, but as long as she still has enough to continue her line, that's really what matters. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, I just feel like it could have, that could have been dealt with more, but what I still I, saw, I, yeah. I still, cause I mean, if someone were eating my eggs, I'd be, I'd be like, how freaking dare you? But I will, no, I will I, push I, back on, I will push back on that only because. Uh, I think one of the biggest improvements from this from this season to last was that last season I did not feel that every episode was as tight. Either they felt too short or too long. Whereas mm-hmm. this, I don't feel that way. At the fl- right. the last the first two episodes we've seen, they have been perfect in their length, oh, yeah. and they are two wildly different lengths. Oh yeah, yeah. And even like I said earlier, that episode two felt a little side questy. It's not. It's I mean, yeah, he has a passenger, but he's taking that passenger to get to where he needs to go. It's not like hey divert to the side for an episode and then we'll get back on the main storyline. It's like, you're looking for Mandos. This is how you find the Mandos. It's also, it's an, it's annoying uh, uh, escort mission, but you want to find the Mandos. You got to take her. Yeah. Uh, I also think that the re the introduction of the new Republic and these X-wing pilots and like them meeting the Mandalorian. And like, I don't think that's, that's, that's not just there for no reason. That's set up too. like, there's probably going to be some Republic stuff later in the season. Um, I'd imagine. I mean, somebody I, else, uh, God, I wish I remembered the line, but somebody else said something that was very interesting about like, uh, oh, uh, oh, oh, it's her. It's a, uh, it's the engineer, the lady. Yeah. And she says, uh, 
Um, I uh, it's so hard to like uh, get anything fixed right now. I don't even know who to complain to, and I'm like, that's such a good like oh. outer rim point because like there's no governmental body to yeah. the outer rim right now. You don't even know who to talk to to get help. Yeah, who's running? Uh, the huts are gone. The empire is gone. The republic yeah. is 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 kind of yeah. like whatever. And I thought that was a great. I thought that was a great line expressing yeah. that concept of like mm -hmm. I don't even know. Like, can you imagine if just like the whole thing fell apart and we're just all sitting here like I don't even know. Like, who do you talk to? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Uh, and Imagine. I thought that was executed really well. Yeah. And then, yes, like the introduction of the New Republic. Also, uh, going back to episode one, Oliphant's story of uh, how the people, the mining co uh, company moved right in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the moment the Death Star blew up, which was a cool little thing to see the Death Star hologram celebration. I love how Timothy Oliphant had to be like, when the Death Star, the second one, when the second Death Star blew up. Right. Don't worry. You got, another, you got another Star Killer to deal with after that. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's it, right? Solid. Solid. Uh, how does the episode end end? Uh, they're flying they're flying up at the best that they can off of the That's right. Up uh off, yeah. off the ice planet. Off the ice. That's right. Yeah. And his ship has seen better days. And yes. he oh, he's taking probably a nap. Gonna, he's probably gonna land. That's where he's probably gonna drop off the passenger. I or unless they're just gonna do that off screen. I'm sure no, I'm sure like the way that the episode one spilled to episode two, I feel like we're gonna follow her because it, taking her is key to him getting the information he needs to go to the next point. That's how you build a plot, baby. In one of the trailers, we see him walking with her, and we now know who that person is because we just met her. We see her walking on a water planet. Uh, oh, so I'm assuming she is going to be in the next episode. The ship! I'm ready for a ship episode. Um, okay. A boat All right. episode. Be more specific. They're going to be on a boat. <laughs> I was about to say, Sparks, uh, we have the Razor Crest. What are you talking yeah, about? shut up, shut up. If I mean, ship the lands boat. on water. Is it a boat? Oh, you fishing in Star Wars. Star Wars fishing, okay. All right, guys. <laughs> guys, that's that. That's it. Oh, my God. Do you think we're going to see a Gungan? No. Yes. Maybe? I, I believe eventually on uh, oh, eventually. these Disney Plus shows we will see a Gungan. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think I think because we see on this water planet uh, various aquatic species. What if we see Jar Jar? I'm gonna go one step further and say in Kenobi at least we'll see Jar Jar. I think we're gonna see Jar Jar Binks. Oh hell yeah, that dude's like a senator oh. or something. Like that. I don't think we're gonna see Jar Jar because of what happened where he ends up. Oh, that's right. Show. He's on. That's right. He's on the I forgot. He's oh, oh. a this book ties into the show a lot. That's that good. doesn't mean that he can't show up in Kenobi. You're absolutely true, right. but in Mandalorian, I don't think it'll be Jar Jar. But I do think we're going to no, see. No, of course, it. I'm not saying Mandalorian. I said I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Ben. I know he's, he's talking to me. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Why are you talking to yourself? I don't know. I'm weird. That's All right, that'll do it. That's it. Uh, okay, so I love this. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I was. I really liked last season, but like I didn't. I wasn't in love with it. Uh, but I'm loving this season so far. Yeah, so me far, too. So far, shows two for two. The, give me more. I'm looking forward to coming home on a Thursday night, Friday morning, watching episode three. So we'll I'm be back very with curious how they're going to work Boba Fett into the plot. Yeah, I really hope it's not. It, it doesn't feel forced. Yeah, because yeah. like I like the way that he's introduced. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, no when when Mandalorian is like, sure, may the force be with you, and also <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, okay, so that does it. So stay tuned for two weeks. Uh, thereabouts, we'll do the next two episodes. 
uh, season, uh, episode three and episode four. Until then, you can check out our maybe go back and watch our Mandalorian season one recap. We did uh, we did on the Figures Watch series. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. One of the things I totally forgot to do was do this clicker down here. But you can check out all the information you want all at Figure Podcast uh, on the socials. Definitely uh, check out our, our website, our FignerPodcast.com, FignerGuys.gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our other shows, Basement Arcade, which we just did a bunch of spooky stuff. Uh, some Dead Spaces, some Dead or Alives, not Dead or Alives, some Dead by Daylights, Left for Dead, lots of Dead, lots of Dead. Lots of Dead Not Animal Crossing, though. And some Animal, and some animal Dead Crossing. Um, dead Animal Crossing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Till, uh, uh, we also have our, our other other shows on Fictor's Watch where you can check out um, what what we, got? we got the boys we got boys season 2, we got Umbrella Academy season 2, we got Swamp Thing we, we got Watchmen, Game of Thrones what is this? Lovecraft Country Lovecraft Country <laughs> we just, just love... what is this? I thought you were doing a Predator I was like there's no Predator show <laughs> We did the uh, we did we just finished Lovecraft Country, which now we are doing Mandalorian. So stay tuned for all that. Um, we also have our Fake Nerd Book Club. We just finished our last episode of the Fake Nerd Book Club for Mighty Marvel Power Rangers. Uh, in that episode, we picked the next book, but uh, stay tuned for a change on that one. Yeah, until there's a change. We just did all of Kyle Higgins' uh, Mighty Marvel Power Rangers. Uh, if you want to read that and watch our stuff, or just watch our stuff, you know. <laughs> It's free. It's free life. We did a Michael Morisi interview. Um, we also are doing our our podcast. We do our main mothership podcast, the Fickner Podcast. We since quarantine started, we've been doing live shows because we can't see each other. Um, oh, you're stopping me. Uh, yeah, just because I uh, I wanted to like say uh, you like Star Wars. Michael Morisi writes a lot of great Star Wars adventures comics, so you should go check those out if you want, and then check out our interview with him. We talk plenty of Star Wars because this is about Star Wars, so. That's true. That is true. Darn. Check out the Michael Morisi interview. Uh, okay, where was it? So the Fictor Podcast, we've been doing our quarantine cast podcast for uh, ever because we can't see each other. Um, so that's been fun and uh, distressing in its own way. But when is this coming out, Sparks? When do you think? Uh, Next week. Tomorrow? Oh. Okay. Uh, stay tuned later tonight for our Over the Moon <laughs> episode on the Factor Podcast. Um, or unless you're watching this in the week in the week coming, we just did Over the Moon, the new Netflix We're movie, animated that. movie. And the week after that, I honestly don't remember what it is. Um, but uh, we just did our, our celebration of Black Horror. We did a bunch of horror movies celebrating Black uh, uh, Black Horror. Um, Candyman, Attack the Block, Vampires vs. the Bronx, His House, the new Netflix original. Um, you know, that was a lot of fun. That was really cool. Check those out. Uh, join our live show, guys. It's, been a, it's a lot of fun to do it. Live show. It's really the only way that we get to connect anymore. Um, until next time, until two weeks from now, this is the way. This is the way. Where can they find us? <laughs> I already said that in the beginning of this whole thing. He actually did. Oh, you say no, all of us individually? Oh, no. I'm going to beat C. McClure on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> ben. He does it so begrudgingly. Uh, on my Instagram and Twitter at BenMagnet27. Ryan. Oh, you can find me at SparksWitty. S-P-A-R-K-C-Witty. You can Sparks. find me at Tony Snark everywhere all the time. You can Sorry. find me celebrating democracy at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-B-A-R-K-Z Witty. How long are you holding on that one, Sparks?
like two minutes. Okay.